never know. A lot of people think that there were three because there were three gifts. Uh, but the Bible never specifically says how many wise men were there. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing. We are in uh, a series called Why, and it's just called a Christmas series. And last week, if you were here, um, just opened up with just the question, why Christmas? And uh, uh, shared a little bit about, um, I, I, f- I feel like there's three, uh, three reasons of why Christmas. One, that there was a, there was a historical reason. Um, we found out that um, contrary to popular opinion, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th, right? And uh, just, just ruined everybody's Christmas, right? He wasn't born on December 25th. And actually, the very first Christmas wasn't even in Bethlehem. It was probably somewhere way, way far away. And it happened um, hundreds of years later, probably in, um, in the fourth century. And um, so we found a historical reason that it, that it started. And um, we found a cultural reason of why we celebrate it. That, um, that's actually kind of one of the times of the year that um, people um, in their hearts are maybe a little bit more sensitive to um, baby Jesus, and it might be a, an opportunity for us as a church to reach people. Um, in fact, um, some of these Christmas carols, even the one that we sang this morning, it may be, uh, may be playing at your um, local neighborhood Walmart or someplace around, and maybe not Walmart, but it might be playing someplace. And I would actually encourage you, when you hear one of these Christmas carols that is, that is specifically about Jesus and his birth, and, and as we sing some of the verses today, it was even about his death, burial, and resurrection, maybe you could pause for a moment, even just 15 seconds, and in your heart redirect that, hey, this is really why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is the, the reason, oh, I hate to be cliche, but the reason for the season. <laughs> um, do that. Pause when you hear some of those songs um, playing in our community this year. Um, and then, uh, and then, we, then we talked about that there is a, a spiritual reason. And uh, I challenged all of us in the midst of our Christmas traditions, would you connect his birth to his death, burial, and resurrection? At some level, could you, in your, with your kids or with your grandkids or whatever tradition that you are, are, are doing, even if you're celebrating by yourself, would you intentionally this year connect his birth birth to his death burial and resurrection we actually shared that uh, they probably didn't even celebrate births very often back in uh, in bible times that they absolutely celebrated his resurrection and and so um could we do that if we're going to celebrate his birth let's not forget about his death burial and resurrection um today i wanted to talk a little bit about uh, why the wise men and it's interesting, um, and we just saw the, this, this great video, hilarious video, but, it, but the wise men have, um, since, since I've been around probably for hundreds of years before me, they've been a part of the Christmas story. Um, they're, they're a part of many nativity sets and all of this stuff, and, and in a minute you're going you're gonna to realize, oh, but they, they might not have actually been there at the manger, and again, we're just like debunking all of your, your Christmas myths and ruining Christmas for everybody. Like, I thought the wise men were there, and they actually might not have, might not have been there, probably likely weren't there. Um, it kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, kind of those, those high school class pictures, or maybe you went to camp and had a camp picture with everyone there, and there's always that, that, that one person or a handful of people that, that like, missed the picture, 
right? And so what do you have? You have the yearbook, and then you have not pictured right here. And you, maybe, maybe if there was technology, they photoshopped your picture in or whatever. I kind of, I kind of think like the wise men, they, they should have been at the major. Like they were on the journey. They were, they were, they were, they, in their hearts, they were there, you know. But they just, I don't know, they weren't there. They just weren't there. But we celebrate um, Christmas, and we, and we, we look and, and honor the wise men as part of that because I think in their hearts they were there. In fact, maybe if we imagine the nativity scene, we could just have a little footnote, and it says, not pictured, the wise men. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they missed the photo. Next week, we're actually going to talk a little bit about why the nativity. Um, so so don't, don't miss it. It's going to be the best one, John. All right. <laughs> Today, um, I just thought I would, I thought I would share just a little bit about this. Um, here's, there's all kinds of, of uh, reasons that we can come up with with why the wise men. Um, there's a few that, that come to my mind as we're going to go through this, but, but here's maybe the main thought today in my heart um, is God is still looking for extravagant worshipers. If we could, if we could just pull one thing today and, and, and go away with this, God, I believe, is still looking for extravagant worshipers. And we find that with the, the wise men. We find that with a lot of people throughout Scripture. Um, but maybe this year, one of the things that we could challenge ourselves with is, man, could I worship like that? Could I, could I pull something from their story and worship Jesus like, like that? Um, and so why the wise men? And I, I think this, I think he wants to be the center of everything that everything else revolves around and not just part of your life, but he wants to be your whole life. And a lot of people um, kind of let Jesus be part of the smorgasbord of everything else <laughs> that's going along. They're, they're, he, he gets to be like a, a little slice or sliver of the pie, and you know, which makes me think of pie now. And I'm like, man, that's a, oh, wait, I, I digress. And, you know, a lot of times we give him like a, like a portion, and we think, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm a Christian, and he's part of it, and our family goes to church, and, and, there's, and we even around the holidays, uh, you know, uh, you know, make sure that we include him, and you know, yes, of course we know the reason for the season, and, and Jesus is a part of it, but, but he, if we were to be honest, he's not like everything. Like, like we would never, we, we probably wouldn't say this with our mouth, but you know, you would, you'd probably never just lay everything down for him. Like, like some other people do, like people that we talk about in, in the Bible. And, and, and some of you would, but some of you know, you're like, man, yeah, he's part of my life. He's just not everything. He's just not like my whole life. I think we start to see that progression with the wise men of, of, him, of him being maybe part to when they, they get to the house where Jesus is at, I want to challenge you with this thought that he became everything to them in a moment. And I just want to read some scripture that you're probably familiar with, starting in Matthew chapter 2. Um, it says this, uh, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now just notice wise men from the east. Matthew wasn't super specific where they came from, and we'll talk in a minute. We don't, I mean, it's, it's not super clear. We have some ideas. But um, if Luke was writing this, um, we would have had more details. Luke wrote things a little bit more um, in, in detail, and he was a doctor, and he was a historian. Matthew, I don't know. I don't know. Come on, Matthew. We need some more here, buddy. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem 
saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star, notice that, his star, from the east and have come to worship him. We fast forward to verse 7. It says, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring that word back to me that I may come and worship him also. And, and uh, we all know that, that uh, Herod, Herod really genuinely wanted to go and bow down and worship Jesus, which is why he... Absolutely not. That's not what Herod wanted to do. Herod was an interesting character. Um, it, actually, this, there was a few different Herods mentioned in the Bible. This Herod um, was Herod the Great. You want to know why he was Herod the Great? Because he named himself Herod the Great. <laughs> he thought he was great, so he was Herod the Great. His son was Herod uh, the what? The Greater. Herod the Greater. Um, they got real creative back then. So he was Herod the Greater, and uh, his son died. You know how his son died? son died because Herod the Great killed his son, Herod the Greater. Why? Because people called him Herod the Greater. <laughs> and King Herod the Great had a huge pride problem, a huge insecurity problem. He actually killed all of his wives. Um, even the, the last wife he killed, the one, that he, the one that he loved, her name was actually Miriam, uh, is where we get the name Mary. Um, she wasn't the same Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. She, her name just happened to be Miriam. And uh, um, the hi- history says that he actually regretted killing her. So there's that. There's that. Good old Herod. Verse 9, when they, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star um, which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you just... uh, uh, anoint your word and, and uh, anoint me as I, as I share your word this morning. May there be something today that touches our hearts, that maybe shifts things just a little bit, that refocuses us uh, back to you during this season. Lord, we just thank you for that right now. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Um, yeah, you know, so um, he... They, they probably weren't there at the nativity scene. They, they weren't pictured in the, in the yearbook picture with the nativity scene. Um, but uh, w- some things we probably do know about the wise men. They were uh, um, from the east. And, uh, and it was maybe, maybe it was Babylon. It was definitely uh, near Babylon, probably Persia, all of this stuff. So they were probably from that area. Um, they, were, uh, they were coming from approximately about 1,000 miles away from where um, Jesus was born. And uh, some people say it was a six to nine month journey. Some people say it was a two or three year journey. Um, there's like, there's all of these different debates as to how long it actually took. But what we do know is that they weren't there um, at, the, at the manger. They came a little bit later. And we know that, that Jesus was under two years old. How do we know he was under two years old? 
We, we know that because King Herod had all of, the, all of the baby boys under two years old killed because he didn't want a king to uh, rise up and, and be better than him and have people follow that king. So he killed because of this prophecy of Messiah coming, one born king of the Jews. So we know that he was, uh, he was likely under two years old. Um, coming from about a thousand miles away, I was just thinking about this, this journey that the wise men were on. Um, I'm like, I was trying to just figure, like, what would that be like for us even traveling a thousand miles? And you got to know, like, like, they didn't have the same type of transportation we do. They were probably on camels, and they, they, they had a huge caravan. It was, it was more, it, the, the, the video we watched, you know, these, of these four guys and, and in the, de- like, there was probably, like, lots of people with them. A whole caravan, and they had started out on this journey from a thousand miles away. But it would be like so. Houston, Texas, is um, almost nine hundred miles away from here. Um, Galveston, Texas, when you just go straight south and go right to the Gulf, Galveston, Texas, is is almost nine hundred and fifty miles away from us. And if you go just a little bit west of there to Corpus Christi, you're you're pretty close to a thousand miles, maybe just a hair over a thousand miles away from us. So if you were to just think, going from here all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, somewhere right there, you're going to find about a thousand mile journey isn't that just interesting to just think how far possibly these guys came from on this journey um maybe six to nine months of a journey maybe longer and uh, so it was a journey i i'm impressed with the journey of these wise men and i think um and i'm impressed with it and i think that we can learn something about their journey uh, how many of us how many people we know like would put that much time effort and intentionality to seek something that they are not even sure is is real like they, they 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 have some head knowledge of it but they don't have an encounter yet like I, I, I think about like people maybe you maybe you're on a spiritual journey and they were definitely on a spiritual journey and i and i think for us man to be for someone to just say you know what i'm not sure but i'm gonna find out i'm gonna go in and i i i've got some I've, I've got some prophecies that I've heard about. I've, I've got some, some, uh, some Jewish tradition. We've got, you know, we, we've, whatever. And they have sought some things out. And to go on this journey, man, I mean, how many of us with just a little bit of, would say, let's just go find out if it's real. Let's just go find out if this is true. I would encourage you, and I would encourage people that you know, like, like go find out if it's true. I, I think that if you go on that journey that you're going to find you're going to find an encounter at the end of the journey. I think that. I believe that. But test me. T- take, take some time like the wise men. Take a year. Here, here, I'm going to plug our, plug our church here for a second. I think what you should do is this. If you're on a journey and you're, the jury's still out and whether or, not, whether or not Jesus is real or whether or not you want to give your whole heart to him, whether, whether or not all these things we talk about and maybe some of your friends or whatever, what if you did discover track that we have to offer and you go through a a, a four-week process of finding out more about god and yourself and this church what if you what if you joined a a a team and started serving what if you when we offer some classes what if you signed up when we have a prayer meeting what if you showed up when what if you just took a year with this church and said you know what just like the wise man took a year to search and to find i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna search if I get done with a year after intentionally searching and I figure out, well, it's not real, all this stuff is fake, then you just walk away, no harm, no foul. But if by chance it's real, I think you put an intentional year into this and you 
come in contact and encounter the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, I think it'll change your life. In fact, in fact, I know. So I submit that to you. you. The wise men could take a year, maybe you can too. All right, back to the story. <laughs> um, a couple of things we know. Uh, magi uh, refers to two or more. Um, there was a word called magus, which was a singular, um, uh, and magi was multiple ones. And so we know that there were at least two or more, and there were likely more than, more than three. So how did they know? They go on this journey. How did they even know that Jesus was going to be born king of the Jews? And, and, and so here's some things that we, we start to find out. Um, uh, they didn't have... Um, the Jewish scriptures, or at least they didn't have most of them, and, and uh, they're probably from Babylon. So there's a couple things that we, uh, that we start to understand. One, do you guys remember a lesser-known prophet in the Bible? Uh, his name was Balaam. Yeah? You, if you don't remember Balaam, you definitely remember his donkey, because Balaam's donkey started to talk. It's, the, it's one, of the, one of the few instances in the Bible where animals speak. Yeah, so Balaam's donkey. Balaam was a prophet, and uh, um, there, if you look in Numbers 22 through about Numbers 24, you're going to find some, uh, some, a great story about Balaam and some of his prophecies. One of his prophecies, I think it was number four, there was a, there was a prophecy about, about a star coming. And it was a star coming, um, uh, coming from Jacob. And, and so they would, have had, they would have had that prophecy. In fact, some people believe that Balaam was actually the, the very first magi. They believe that, that he might have been like the father of, of, all, of, of all of them. And, and we, don't, we don't really know that for sure. But, there was, but a lot of things can kind of, kind of root back to some of that. Definitely they would have, they would have had that prophecy. They would have also had, um, uh, you guys remember the, the book of Daniel? You remember Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den, and Daniel with all the dreams and all of this stuff. Um, Daniel was a, uh, the Bible, at, at one point they called him like he was the chief of all of the Magi. And so there is, there's actually great thought out there that possibly these wise men were descendants of those original Magi that Daniel was in charge of. And so if he is, uh, um, you know, teaching all of them, and, and there's all of these Jews that were in exile in the book of Daniel. For 70 years, the Jews were in exile there, by the way. If this is, if this is true, right, well, then we start to realize that, that the Jews actually one day, like, they, they went back to Jerusalem, but some stayed in the area, and so there, there could have been some influence from Jews, from the descendants of them that, that stayed and, and had some of the original prophecies about Messiah and all of this type of stuff. There definitely could have been some things taught by Daniel and passed on from Magi, one generation of Magi to the next generation of Magi to the next generation. Somehow, somehow these guys had some bits and pieces of prophecy and they thought, you know what, we want to find out if all this is true. Where's the one born king of the Jews. And so they go on this journey. There's some different, different things. They were, um, they were astronomers, so they, they studied the stars. And there's some evidence maybe out there that, that the planets aligned at a, at a certain time back then, and so there was different things. But, but it's, it's interesting about the stars. Um, you know, angels are called stars in the Bible. You look in the book of Revelation, there's times where the angels are called stars. Um, Jesus is called the bright and morning star, if you, if you remember that. Um, here's what we do know, that the wise men come to Herod, Herod the Great, 
They come to Herod, and after that encounter, uh, it says that they went out and that the star went before them. Now, this, I, I, like, I love what Robert Morris from Texas has to say about this. He says, he says, it's interesting to me that the star went before them because stars don't went. <laughs> if you know anything about Robert Morris, he's all about grammar. And I'm like, oh, that did, ah, star went, stars don't went. Yeah, but isn't that true? St- you, you know, you don't, you don't follow a star. Stars don't lead anybody. There was something, what we do know is that there was something supernatural about this star that they were following. Stars don't went. It goes on and uh, we, start to, we start to find some things come together even though some things are foggy. And um, we talk about Balaam and you talk about the story of Daniel and all of this stuff and it starts to come down. These are, uh, this is kind of what the wise men were, were like. Um, if you remember the wise men of Babylon during Daniel's day is that they, um, they were intelligent and hence wise men. They studied science and astronomy they were the wealthy of, and intelligent of that day. They actually also practiced sorcery and magic and all of this type of stuff, if you remember from the book of Daniel. So this was them. So they weren't like super uh, religious men. And I think sometimes we get this picture of these guys on this journey that they were just like, they were already like following God and they were already all of the, they probably weren't super religious, but they, there was something in their heart that was stirring there was something about these prophecies that they thought, man, I am going to go on a journey that's going to take at least a year and it's going to cost a ton of money and we're going to take all, of, all these people with us. Somehow they thought, let's get on camels and donkeys and horses or whatever and let's go from Kearney, Nebraska to Corpus Christi and let's go find this thing. Something was stirring in them. I think this is that God can always use a heart that's searching. It's so much easier to guide a heart that's moving towards him than to ignite a heart that's cold against him. God can, if your heart is even searching, God says, I can use that. God says, I can use that. We don't know the, um, the end of the story for the wise men, but we do know that they fell down and worshiped him. And I've, I've looked at this a little bit, and this is the part, I just want to camp on for a couple minutes, and then we'll pray and, and uh, and we'll, be, and we'll be done here. But watch this. They fell down and worshiped him. Um, you know, could it have been just them paying some homage and, and, and respect? You know, they've come on a long journey and they, they finally found the, you know, the person that, that is the fulfillment of this prophecy. And so they, they bowed down. Could it have been that? It, it could have been. I don't think likely, though. I think it was likely way more than that. I think this was the moment where the wisdom of men collided with the wisdom of God. I think this was the moment where the wisdom of men collided with the wisdom of God. These were the, the wise men of the day. They, they, they had been asking people about prophecies. They had been going to this person and that person. They had been, been studying all of the manuscripts that they had. They were studying the stars. Everything led to this. These, the wisdom of the day led them to this moment. The wisdom of men collided with the wisdom of God. It reminds me of a couple of verses we find in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this. says, where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? 
For since the wisdom of God, the uh, for for since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know Him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. I like this this next verse, verse twenty five. 1 Corinthians 1, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So we have this this scene, and everything comes to this moment where they find baby Jesus at a house, and he's with his mother, and the Bible says they fell down and worshiped him. The, The Passion Translations says, says that they had unrestrained joy. I'm just looking at this moment. I'm looking at, at these, these wise men that are, that are, you know, maybe they looked a little bit like the video. I, I, I doubt it. But they probably had some, like, like Middle Eastern-looking tablecloth wrapped around them. I don't know. And they, and they, had, they had, like, a Burger King crown on. And, and, <laughs> and they come to this house. The Bible says they, they fall down and worship him. But I, I was just wondering a little bit more, like, like could it have been that it was a little bit more of an encounter. And we start to see that they had this unrestrained joy and, and that they fell down. But in, in the original Greek, there was one word used to describe fall down. And the, and the word meant this. It meant to throw down violently. It meant to shatter like throwing a vase on the ground. And I thought, wow. These wise men these dignitaries, these people that were probably dressed to the nine, these, these people that, that had all of the wealth. In fact, it's interesting about the Christmas story. We, we talked about this in youth. I think it was last week or the week before. Like, isn't it interesting how God chose to come to the world as a baby and who he chose to show up to first? We, we talk about the shepherds being the low and the low, low of the low in society. We, we talk about him coming as a, as a baby and, and being, being born in, in uh, you know, uh, probably a cave, a makeshift stable and being laid in a, in a manger and all of this stuff. And I'm like, man, if I were to do this, if I, if I had the, the, you know, the opportunity to write Bible, I probably would have wrote it a little bit different. Like, like I'm, I'm, if I'm God, I might say, hey, let's snap my fingers and we'll have a multi-million dollar hospital and, and, and we're going we're gonna to have a parade and we're going to invite all, everybody who's anybody and we're going to come and they, like he's king and he deserves this, right? And so he comes, I, I, I think at one end of the spectrum, he comes to the low of the low of society because he wants, to know, he wants you to know that, that it, it doesn't matter what you do or what you have done. There, there's, there's nothing that you have done that's gonna, that's gonna make him love you less. There's nothing that you can do that'll make him, make him love you more. And he starts that picture with this whole Christmas story. But I love who's not pictured at the nativity. It's the wise men. Because this, on both sides of the spectrum, the low of the low in society, and then these men who were the wisest, they were the intellect, they were the most wealthy, and God says, I want them all. I want them all. I want them all. But he has this moment here because he also wants you to know that, you, that your own strength, your own intellect, all the wealth of the world, it's not going to buy you this. In fact, at some point, you're going to have to lay it all down for him. We come back to this moment. They fell down. It meant to 
throw down violently, to shatter, like, a, like throwing a vase on the ground. It was like this was the defining moment where the wisdom of men meant the wisdom of God because this didn't look like wisdom. This looked like something else. <laughs> this looked like those Jesus freaks. <laughs> this looked like, like those crazies. This looked like something, like, like who would do that? And they went off script left the wisdom of the world behind and started functioning in the wisdom of God, which sometimes looks like foolishness. They weren't ashamed to express their worship to a toddler. They worshiped exuberantly. They gave extravagantly. And there's these gifts that came. And, and you know, we can look and we can see... Um, some symbolic things about frankincense and myrrh and gold and how it represents different things about Jesus and scholars have tried to, to draw parallels and, and, I, and I, think it's, I think a lot of that's true. There's some things I, I, I was you know, reading this week and I, I didn't find a lot of evidence but you know, some people think that maybe they didn't even come um, to, the, to this house specifically with with gifts in mind that maybe these gifts were part of their like travel expenses you know it was a long trip they had to come all the way there and go all the way back and and then maybe they they came to the to the house and and opened up their treasuries and 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 like gave it all not knowing how they were going to get back home like like a like a moment of extreme worship and encounter they just gave it all i don't know i don't know what, whatever way it was the gifts they gave was extravagant worship. Gifts for a king. It probably set Jesus up for, and his whole family for, for their lifetime. It was, uh, they, they had, before that, you see mention of, of them doing a, a poor man's offering or sacrifice at the temple. And, and now, after this, you get to see how they, possibly their whole trip to Egypt was funded and all of this. Like, it's some interesting things about this because of the worship of these wise men. I like to think that they came face to face with God in the form of a little boy. And the presence of God in that room captured their heart and they were never the same. And in fact, up to this point, they had trusted other people's information. They had trusted other people's prophecies, other people's interpretation of Jewish scriptures and they, all of this stuff had led them to this moment. And after their encounter with Jesus, after a moment of extravagant worship, the Bible says that God spoke to them directly by warning them in a dream. I'm like, man, now, for the first time in their life, he spoke to them. For the first time in these guys' lives, he was personal to them. This wasn't just a, a archaeological trip. This wasn't just a history journey. This wasn't just a fact-finding mission. Now, all of a sudden, everything that led to this moment, the wisdom of the world came to this moment. The wisdom of God took over, and now he spoke to them directly. Could that happen to us this season? Do we put our wisdom aside, our plans aside, everything that we have figured out that's led us to this moment, and could we just say, oh God, the wisdom of men is foolishness compared to you. Would you give us a fresh encounter? Would you speak to us directly? In Jesus' name. Pastor Kelly and your team can come. I don't know what you're needing this season, but I bet that it's 
similar to what the wise men needed that day. My prayer is that we have a similar encounter. I know there's all of these cliche sayings during this season, but you know that it's true. In fact, the next time you see a Christmas card out there with these words on it, would you think about it differently? You know that wise men still seek him. Wise men still seek him. It is, it is actually uh, an example of true wisdom to be a heart that seeks after God. Let's stand together this morning and We're going to just respond to him with, with a song here. And at the end of this song, I'll, I'll, I'll pray and dismiss you. And, uh, um, and if you'd like to stay for some more prayer and some more worship, and we're going to have our altar team come up at that time. And you may need something where you're like, this is beyond me. And I believe this. The Bible says that wherever two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. Sometimes what we're dealing with is bigger than us, and we need someone else to stand in agreement. And, and I'm going to invite you in a minute to have our prayer teams who've been praying for you all week for them to come and agree with you. But could we worship him for just one more moment and think about these wise men that threw everything down at the feet of Jesus?